Welcome to Honorado and Bagnardi. Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi. That means it's Wednesday at 12.15. You've made it halfway through your work week. Yeah, and we're right on time today. How about that? <laughs> Things are improving. Sometimes you just hit a little bit of dumb luck. Like Damian Willard last night. Wow. I mean, he's incredibly skilled and good, but there's a lot of luck that goes into something like that. Before we get to I, I'm a little off. I feel a little off today, honestly. Missed a spot shaving. Let's see. And you know what happens? Can't see it. Is you, but you can feel it. All that matters is you can feel it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not all that matters. If you can see it, that's well, worse. Well, that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, fortunately, I have white hair. You don't, but yeah. you know it's there. It bugs you all day. Now it's bugging all of us <laughs> because you decided that to bring it up. That body, though, I mean, sure, that's all. It's an awful feeling. But any you, women watching? Like, if you shave no. your legs and you miss a spot, does that bug you all day? You think any women Ash, are watching? Ash says, "Yeah, we I, have one watch." So I'm literally like driving in this morning, trying to pick the hairs out. What one at a time? Yeah, yank them. <laughs> you don't have like a spare razor then in the car, like a dollar store. Yeah, yeah, I'm carrying around a razor in my car. I have one in the center console. What's wrong with you? I wouldn't be in that situation <laughs> you're in. What's wrong with you? I should go get it. You can borrow it. <laughs> no, I'm all set. Okay. I'll, I'll live with it. Yeah. Um, well, how about that NBA playoff game between the Blazers and the Thunder last night? Um, Damian Lillard, who you know what? Good for the Blazers, right? I mean, because I don't, I don't really care who won that series necessarily. But Portland all along felt like this team, like they haven't done it yet. They're not going to do it. Uh, they beat the Rockets. How many years ago did they beat the Rockets on a Willard buzzer beater? Yeah, okay. A long time ago. They felt like the team was always going to get to the playoffs, but maybe never even get beyond the first round, never truly advance to the conference finals, if you will. Did you, did well, you, they haven't yet. Do you see Portland as a real threat? What no. I'm saying is... I still don't. I know you don't see anybody in the West as a threat. No. My point is, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good today for the Portland Trailblazers. Okay. okay. Yeah, good. it was good for them. It was a nice shot. 37 feet. Yeah. For 37 50. feet. For 50. I mean, I mean, unbelievable. And you know what? To, to win a playoff game at the buzzer. Series. That's great. But to win the playoff series at the buzzer, that's pretty cool. And that, you don't I mean, see that, that too much. That's a walk-off. And, and that's a walk-off. And he's waving goodbye. You like that? Love it. Yeah. Okay. Love it. I like when players have a little attitude. Now, look, the atti- you better deliver if you have the attitude. Like, Russell Westbrook's got a lot of attitude. Yeah. When's the last time you saw him advance in the playoffs? Been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Been a while. Uh, if you had Lillard or Westbrook right now to start a team? Lillard. Okay. Not even close for me. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think Westbrook is too selfish of a player. Puts up incredible numbers and people get blown away by the stats. As opposed to the guy who takes an well, awful shot, dribbles out the entire clock. Yeah. Which you have to do. You what have was to, the strategy you have to take the there? shot at the buzzer. What was the strategy there? Isn't there isn't one. There's I'm going to shoot it. And it's either going to go in or we're going to go to overtime. Didn't the head coach Terry Stotts drawing something up like, okay, when you get to eight seconds, right. let's get a high ball screen and try to create something for you. It, there, there was not, it was literally one-on-one, and I'm going to dribble out yeah. near half court until I end up taking a shot. How if he doesn't often, make it, we're killing him today. Right. And how often is that shot going to miss? Um, 80% of the 80%. time. 80%. At least, yeah. even for a good shooter, even for a clutch guy, yeah. right? Yep. So, terrible shot, but if it goes in, it goes in. One of those no, 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 yes. Right. But you still want to get something going to the basket, don't Doesn't you? matter now. 
Doesn't matter now. No, it doesn't Here's matter. the thing. It does, definitely doesn't matter. I agree. It's a bad shot. Yeah, of course it is. But you can't be the guy after the game who just had him make the shot in your eye trying to educate the media and the NBA world like, nobody's going to say it, but that's a bad shot. Dude, he just made it over you. Shut up. Right, well, it's, yeah, it's not bad if it goes in. But he's right. Your, your point is don't be the guy saying it. Of course. Okay. Look, if somebody in Portland says, that's a bad shot, but man, I'm glad he made it, that's cool. You can't be the guy who just now, and Paul George, to his defense, you can't defend that much better than what he did. He's right. 37, 38 feet away from the basket. The last thing you want to do, like you said before we started the show, is you don't want to foul him. It's the last thing you can do. That's the worst play. But you can't be at the podium after the guy just drained one in your eye saying, nobody's going to talk about it, but that's a bad shot. You want to hear him All right, saying... Dude. Not much you can do there. Defended yeah. it as well as I could. Right. Guy made the shot. Well, you know, made the but, shot. But Paul George has taken on Russell Westbrook's attitude, and he won't give anybody anything. You know that. Yeah, it's, it's He's a not nightmare. giving props to anybody. If, if you thought looking at them was bad enough <laughs> in these press conferences, now listening to them has is, is only gotten so much worse. I mean, Russ, I know we're going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a nightmare. Well, let's go there, and okay. we'll get to the other games then, too. All right. There are certain reporters, and really just one in particular from the Oklahoman, that Russell Westbrook feels like he was burned back in 2017 by, by this columnist, and now he just won't answer any questions. Right. Next question. Yeah. Guy at, but to the guy's credit, to the reporter's credit, and I love it, he's going to continue to ask questions. You got to. Good for That's him. That's what you have to do. Good for him. Um, but then Paul George the other night, too, is like, next question. All right, dude. You know what? What's your take on it from the league perspective? Because it's obviously a bad look. Find him. Okay. How much? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. What, what, what do you get fined for not showing up? Because essentially you're not there. Yeah. Do you like... Now look, if somebody writes a scathing piece about you that you feel is, is unjustified, then, then the player and the commissioner or somebody from the NBA communications office has to have a conversation. And you can agree, like, okay, you know what? Maybe you're not gonna, maybe you're not gonna deal with this guy. But if the NBA league office decides, no, listen, the, the piece was with was in bounds. Just be amicable about this situation. Because look, you get fined for not showing up. And I'm sorry, this is where I get on my rant with coaches and players. If you don't like the in-between quarter interviews, yeah. and you don't want to be there pre-game, post-game, halftime, whatever, and you don't, fine, we take away the TV contracts. Let's take away the billions of dollars in TV contracts. That's why those interviews are in place, Sean, is because the it. TV networks want them. And the NBA is saying, you're paying us how much money? Okay, we'll find a way to make this happen. The problem, now, if you don't want to do that, players yeah. and coaches, then guess what? We'll reduce your salaries. Now let's see who wants to play and who doesn't want to play. The biggest problem I have with those interviews is that there's no value to them. I'm not disagreeing. I don't like them either. Like as a viewer, the you're TV not going to get anything out of it. TV network decides this is what we want. The, what, what leverage does the NBA have? Very little because they're getting all this money. It's the way it works, man. Well, I think in particular, if you're going to frown upon doing those kind of interviews, in the post game, like, that's one where you really just got to show up and answer the questions. I get it if in between quarters or right after the game. But so, how do you feel about players and coaches having to go to the mic after a loss where you want, as a fan, you want your players and coaches to 
take the losses personally. You want them to be upset. But now we also feel like we have to make them go in front of the mic when they're not going to be in the best of moods. Do you think that's okay? Then show me that emotion. Give me that anger. Get, I'll take that. Give me the frustration. Yeah, and, okay. and even if it's... Even if it's the players and coaches taking it out on the reporters, if you're still giving information and answers, like, okay, cool, that's fine. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Yeah. But when guys just go up there and shut it down completely, now you're making it difficult for me to do my job. And you're supposed to be a voice. I'm supposed to be, as a reporter, a voice for the fans. I'm supposed to give them an, some inside access to their favorite players and teams. And now I can't do that. Okay. I'm with you there. I'm with you. Hate the next question. Would Hate. you? I know. And you know what? It makes you happy when they lose. How would you? Yeah. Exactly. Because right. it makes then these guys. Then you feel like, you know what? You, right. you kind of got what you deserve. Unless these guys are on your team. Boy, it just makes them so much more unlikable. Mm -hmm. And you can not like them for what happens on the court and how they play the game, whatever. But when you see this, the, the personality come out, it just makes you want to not root for these guys. Yeah. You want yeah. them to I lose. Know. I know. Um, I got a comment from your guy, Carlo. All right. Comment. Lillard is one of the most underrated players in the league. Agree or disagree? I agree. Yeah, he's not wrong. Carlo's not wrong at all. Uh, you play in the great Northwest, you don't get a lot of love. That's the um, you don't get far in the playoffs. People don't talk a ton about you. But you're right because you're because you're playing in Portland. You're not getting a ton of exposure, even when you are on TNT or ESPN. People aren't up on the East Coast watching those games. Yeah, and I feel like they're and it's not LA. Yeah, they're not the first choice even on those right. West Coast games. So you know they want to they want to play Golden State. They want to play the Lakers. Yep. So I get it. Um, he's kind of like the Kemba Walker of the West mm. to me, mm. where he doesn't, he's so good, he's got so much talent, but he doesn't quite get the recognition, even though you just, you take him out and you put him on like a big market team, and his popularity will skyrocket because the talent is already there. You I mean, ask he's me, as good as a lot of these other guys. Would you rather start a team with Lillard or Westbrook right now? Lillard. I don't like Westbrook. If I could take the personalities out of it, it'd be tougher for me. Yeah, but that's what makes him who he is as a player, too. Okay, he's but if this, I didn't have to deal with him, I like, get if I you, didn't have to deal with the next question stuff, and I didn't have to deal with this guy who I just don't like, and I could just take what they do on the court, I think I would lean Westbrook. But mm. the whole package, I'd go Lillard. Okay. I think he's a better team guy. Yeah, all right. Um, Did Kevin Durant leave because of Russell Westbrook? Yeah, partially. Okay, sure. Well, then that's a problem. I think he felt like he had a better chance to win elsewhere. So I think he also was kind of like, can't win with this guy. Right. But can't win with this guy. Arguably the best player in the game, top two or three player in the game out yeah. of town. Right. When you are uh -huh. right there uh -huh. to win a championship, that's a problem. Yeah. And there are a lot of guys like that in the league. I mean, I always kind of default to Carmelo Anthony, but like how many players was he able to draw to him? No, Nobody wanted to play with the guy. Right. Great scorer. Will be a Hall of Famer. But... Was yeah. not going to recruit other guys to play alongside him. It just didn't work that way. True. The ball's constantly in his hands. Same with Westbrook. Mm -hmm. uh, how about all the player drama in these NBA play I love, this is why I love the NBA, and I'm not a reality TV person, uh, and, and I, don't, I don't love soap operas, right? But the, the drama that goes on in the NBA between players is so good. Like, Jared Dudley. Right. I mean, yeah. Jared Dudley, when are we talking about Jared Dudley? We're not. But we are today yeah. because Jared Dudley was 
the guy that, I don't know, Nets fans might say, like, hey, Dudley, keep your mouth shut. Maybe they don't rip off four straight wins against. Like, he, he, he threw, there was no fire to begin with. He literally rubbed the two sticks together to start the fire. They blow him out in game one. Dudley's like, ah, Simmons can't play. Well, okay. Game two. Move on game two. Game two. Yeah. Look, I think that, I think Jared Dudley, as a veteran on that team, I think he realized really quickly that we are not matching the fire. We're not matching the intensity. And I think he did it more or less trying to get his guys going. Yeah. And I think to some degree, when we saw what happened in game four, when stuff blew up, yeah. you know, it's... Yeah. But when it when it blew up to beyond just talking, right. I think we saw that that did kind of galvanize the, the team and the crowd a little bit. I know they still lost the game, and that really was the series, because if you get to 2-2 there, maybe things are different. Um, but at the same time, like even in that moment, it paid off for the Nets, because you get Butler out of the game. Right. You know? And I just feel like the veteran recognized... These guys, they're throwing elbows at us. These guys are coming at us with a certain level of intensity yeah. that yeah. we're just not matching. And I think he tried to, to to get some of that playoff intensity out of the younger guys. It obviously didn't didn't come come true for the Nets. No, I, I, last night. I, I think the the play would have been let Philly self destruct. They have those types of personalities that could you have they could go one way or another. You know what I mean? And they might now against Toronto. Yep, but. I just feel like they, after those those two blowouts in a row, they were starting to feel like so confident. No doubt, and, man. And just and that's why I did kind of like what we saw in Game Four, where you try to match that intensity a little bit and fire back at them, you know, verbally and right. get into yeah, it. Yeah, look, I mean, Dudley going after Embiid, I liked because that's after Embiid commits the flagrant foul on Jared Allen, mm-hmm. um, and then Dudley kind of comes to his defense. I get that. I yeah. like that. It's kind of the words in between the games that I don't love. That's all. Unless you are the better team, and you can almost say whatever you want. But you, but you said you do like it. You like the drama. I love the dr- look. I love the drama. I wouldn't want my players creating it. Okay. But you know what? This happened, like, in the old days, this was so common. Of course. So common. Yeah. Like a guy like Reggie Miller. Okay, but you're going to make my point for me. Okay. Which is the team that typically ended up winning? Okay, I get it. But those guys, they all went back and forth yeah. in tight playoff yeah. series. And, they, you know, they there was a genuine hatred there. And I'm I telling you, I, I love that. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't think it really necessarily works out. That's all. It doesn't It doesn't when you're the six-seeded Nets and you get yeah. drilled. Yeah. Uh, like, it wasn't working out early on for Durant in the Warriors-Clippers series. Right. right. Beverly, Beverly was affecting him. Mm-hmm. And it was only for one game. Until, like, maybe a game and a half. And then Durant decided, this guy. Do you think part of Jared Dudley kind of recognized what you said about Philly being kind of a self-destructive team at times and thought, maybe I, maybe we can just get under their skin sure. a little bit. Yeah, maybe sure. I can throw Simmons off. Yep. Maybe, you know, we can get Embiid to be a little bit off his game. And then it'll create an opening for him. I'm sure that was his play. Yeah. I'm sure it was his play. I feel, but like, but like you said, is, it, I feel it, like it was calculated anyway. Whether or not it worked, yeah. <laughs> obviously, yeah. you know, they lost the series. Uh, but I, I didn't mind it, and I don't think it's it had anything to do with why the Nets lost the series. Philly's just better. They're better, and okay. they played better. They showed up. 
So we're going to get, I mean, in all likelihood now, we're going to get Golden State and Houston in the second round, which is a dream. It's great. Now, I'd love to see it in the Western Conference final, but I'll, I'll be happy seeing it wherever we get to see it. Sure. So that's cool. Yeah. And then are people going to pay attention to Portland and, and perhaps Denver Nuggets as we sit here today, have a 3-2 series lead on San Antonio? People are going to treat Golden State-Houston like it is for a trip to the NBA Finals. That the team Correct. that wins that series will eventually get to the NBA Finals. Yes, and the team that wins that series will go to the NBA Finals. And, and how many games are you giving Houston? One. Okay. Yeah. How many are you giving? It's them? going at least six. It's going at least six. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's seven and tight late in the fourth quarter. Which games are they winning? Houston. Uh, Houston will get, they'll go down 2-0. Okay. And then they'll get two at home. They're going to get both at home. Yeah. They get both at home. No. And then we'll see if that does enough to kind of spur on Golden State. I'm with you. The win game three. I think Golden State bounces back, and at that point, the series is over. Okay. Because you're going home up 3 1. Yep. Okay. Um, can we do it now? Can we do it? Can I show you Ricky Rubio's defense now? You can make me try and change no, the order right. of the Don't slides. Worry about it. It's my did you see this. Stay tuned for that. Ricky Rubio playing defense. normally do that at the end. I put James this whole Harden. thing in order. It's Sean and technology. Uh, um. <laughs> no guest today to, to not get live right away. Right. Right. <laughs> but, hey, you know what? We found out that we actually didn't have any issues on our end the last, last time. Yeah. So I'm feeling confident about Skype moving forward. Okay. We're going to be okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, who's coming out of the East for you? Is it Milwaukee? <laughs> it is. The Bucks are going to get the Celtics. Yep. Should be a heck of a series. Uh, and, then you, and then we're going to see Toronto in the second round. I, I think Toronto wins easily in oh, the I, second round. I, I don't. Mm, okay. I think Philadelphia, Philadelphia. I think they're clicking on all cylinders. I think Toronto's going to win the series, but I don't think it'll be... Easily. I, in fact, I think it's going to go seven. Okay. So Toronto yeah. and Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals? Yes. No correct. Boston. No Boston. Boston not figuring this thing out enough they for you? They had a great first-round series. Uh, I think it comes to an end now. They're going to have some matchup issues against Milwaukee. You're high on the Bucs anyway. I'm high on the Bucs right now. Yeah. I'm high on their depth. Okay. And uh, Boston's deep, too. But... I think Milwaukee right now, the way they're playing, they have the best player in the conference for sure. I think he's gonna, the MVP. He's the MVP, and I think they're gonna they're gonna lock it up maybe in five. Whew, okay. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow night is the first round of the NFL draft. Yeah. Do you watch drafts on TV? Do you get into it? Is there too much downtime in between? <sighs> Do all the talking heads on TV fill it enough for you, or is it like? Uh, you know what, I'll tune in for my team's pick, and then I'll catch up online with, with whatever else happens. That's kind of where I fall on it. Um, but I will say this. What really impresses me about the draft is the coverage of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the preparation. I mean, they just, they have, there's so many players, right, from, from so many different teams, and there are so many possibilities. And you really have to cover it from two perspectives, the college and the pro. Sure. Because you're looking at well, what do the, these teams need and what really is the best fit. And the prep and also the, the production of it, mm-hmm. when we work in mm-hmm. TV, just to get 
all these to have highlights all ready the video instantly ready. on these on all, all the these stats, players and all, all the, the measurables. Stats. It's it yep. really is incredible. Yeah, no and, doubt. and I understand there's so much prep. You know me. I'm a real I'm a pro oriented guy mm -hmm. in football and basketball. And I really get I really get into college more toward the end of the seasons, like you know, conference tournament time in hoops. And as we get as we really get close to the bowl games in football, because I'm more looking at it as well, who's who's coming, who's right. next to right. be in the pros, and that's what the draft is all about, obviously. So uh, it's tough in the NFL though, because well, one guy can certainly have a huge impact. Sure. It's not quite like basketball, no. right? Where a no. guy like Zion. No, but if you're going to draft a quarterback, okay, as a Jets fan last year, you must have been like, game changer. This is our draft. I'm all in on this draft sure. because we're going to get a quarterback. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but we're going right. to get a quarterback of some sort. But you can't tell me, really, like, I, I, I can't watch a draft and say, okay, the, the second best third best or fourth best defensive tackle in the draft they're gonna who's gonna be really that much of a better yeah, player no, like that you. kind of stuff yeah. it's for me it's really tough to kind of parse it down right well that that's level. when you get Kuiper and McShay talking about whether a guy has short or long arms <laughs> exactly you know, yeah if he's gonna right. play tackle right. uh, is he have real good reach or not it becomes a boxing analogy in a lot of ways and another problem I have with the not a problem but an issue with the draft for me is like Two years from now, four years from now, five years from now, if we we're going to look back and redraft it, it, it would, not all the time, but oftentimes it would be, it would look a lot different. Of course, of course. So it's like, but what it, do you really know going in? It's Not it's a tough. ton, but, yeah. but you can look back at a franchise and say, okay, what did their, what did their last five drafts look like? How Correct. many of those guys are still on the roster? Exactly. And it becomes an evaluation of the general manager and front office as opposed to the guys who are trying to predict what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, look, you can ultimately get a guy like Tom Brady. Yeah. But and I get it. There are few he's, and It's one guy. No, I get it. It's I one get guy. It. I get it. It's just that... Successful quarterbacks in the NFL are drafted in the first round. Period. Agreed. It's just that there's so much prep and so much just deep dive into it all yeah. to ultimately wind up something we don't really know this is the easiest you night know? of them all because it's one round and you, yeah. you pretty much know who is going to you might get two or three guys who sneak into the first round but you've got 32 guys and you mix them up however they go yeah and these are the impact guys these are the guys who can come in next season yep. and have an no impact doubt. whereas some other guys you know might take more time to develop all right we're gonna look at the top 10 uh, and if you want to weigh in on Facebook, do it. Comment below. We'll get your thoughts uh, on the show here as well about where some of these teams will go. There are some, some teams in the top ten that are a little more intriguing than others. Yeah. We'll talk most about those, and it starts at the top. Mm -hmm. Arizona, you know, Wednesday, a little more than 24 hours from the first pick being announced by the commissioner, I really thought we'd have a better hold on, okay, Cardinals are trading Josh Rosen, right? They're, they're going to take Murray, sure. trade Rosen. To me, it only makes sense to trade him before the draft. If Here's the thing. If the Cardinals draft Kyler Murray, and we'll get to whether or not we think they should, if the Cardinals draft Kyler Murray, number one, now Rosen has almost zero trade value. Teams will want him, but I know you have to trade him. So why not? But don't you know it anyway? Maybe, but I think you're going to get multiple teams now ahead of the draft like okay i've got draft capital in my pocket yeah once the draft goes through 
I don't have a fourth round pick to give you anymore. So if you're the Cardinals, make the deal now. You know you're going to trade Rosen. Trade him now. Yeah, Rosen is uh, he, he's he's the most important draft pick who's not on the board right. in this draft, which I think is really interesting. What a debacle, too, the Cardinals, right? They send out that hype video for this for this coming season, and their starting quarterback isn't included. Like, nowhere else, would on no other team. Right. At the peewee football level, if you did yeah. a hype video, you're going to make sure your quarterback is involved. Rosen wasn't. And then to pile on and make matters worse, they re-edit it, and then put Rosen in. Like you can't go back. You yeah, can't go back. Come on. So look, this is happening, right? I mean, this is this is a done deal with Murray. I mean this is ninety nine percent, right? I think so. Okay. Um everything points to them taking Kyler Murray. Everything. So what's their best case scenario then for trading Rose? Well it's what can, they, what can they get? It sounds like they I mean if you believe what you hear, it sounds like they already have a second-round pick uh, involved in some package for Josh Rosen. Okay. So we heard the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Giants were interested. All of them make perfect sense because mm-hmm. Rivers and Brady and, and Manning are obviously nearing their end. Sure. And I like Rosen a lot. I don't know if I'd give up a second-round pick for him. I get that he was a top-ten pick last year. But I think I would try to win the, the trade with a third and a fourth or two threes. Or, you know, we're, we're hearing like maybe a second and a fourth being offered out there to Arizona. If you're the Cardinals, Shawnee, you take whatever you can get. But if you're the Giants and you can get a really good quarterback in a not quarterback heavy draft mm-hmm. in, with a second round pick. Sure. I get it. Because you have two firsts. Yeah. You can use six and 17 elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, look, I think it makes perfect sense for the Giants to make that trade. So you think Car- Cardinals are definitely taking Murray? Take Murray off the board, put yeah. Rosen in the mix. Who's the best quarterback available? Rosen, for sure. And I think even NFL draft evaluators would tell you Rosen is the top quarterback, even if Murray is on the board. A okay. lot of people would grade him higher than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's 5'8", man. He has a better eight, career. Man. He's 5'8". If, if they trade Rosen... And draft Murray. Yeah. Rosen has a significantly better career. Yeah, Kingsbury loses his job quickly as the head coach, there's no doubt. And Steve Kime, the GM, will be fired as well. Yeah, it's a gamble. There's you no like, doubt. Do you like Murray? No, not number one. No way. No way. So you wouldn't would you if you're the Cardinals, you'd keep Rosen? Yes. Absolutely. And and not take a quarterback. You'd right. Go. Right. I'm gonna get Joey Bosa, best defensive player on the board. Give me him. Give me him. Or I'll move out. Or I'll, if somebody loves Kyler Murray, I can trade down and, and, and get more picks. Okay. I don't love Murray that much. You do. I think that I think they're going to take him. That because, means... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, well, that means Bosa would go to the Niners yeah. at two. Yeah, Nick Bosa. What did I say, Joey? Yeah, the Bosa Look, it's brothers. happening. I, I know. know. Everybody's doing it. Yeah. Your uh, Jets sit you know at three. You know what? That's automatic, yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. Do you have concerns about injuries with him? Hasn't he been banged up? Yeah, and his brother has been, too, even with the Chargers. See, I think he's automatic, too, here. I think it's, I think it's, it's pretty obviously going to be Murray and Bosa based yep. on everything we're hearing yep. for people who have no contact with any of these teams. <laughs> right, right. Um, How about the Jets at three? They've got their quarterback. They now have their running back in Le'Veon Bell. I got something to say about Bell in a second here too. Um, 
A lot of people think Allen for the Jets. Yeah, the outside linebacker from Kentucky. Yeah, I sure. like Williams. Quinnen Williams Quinn from Williams. Bama? Okay. Yeah, from Alabama. Yep. I think he might be the better. He, I think he might be He might be the best player in the draft. Well, you'd pair him inside with Leonard Williams, right? Yeah, so you already have kind of a, a good edge presence with a Mosley who you can move around at the linebacker position. They signed in free agency from the Ravens. I, I think we, I don't think the, the Jets are in a good position because I don't think they can go wrong. Yeah, they take Allen or Williams. I think they're in a good spot here. Yeah. And it's easier too with these defensive guys. Just in general, it's easier to like have a bust, so to speak. Yeah. You know, it's not as it's not quite as analyzed as like if you take a, a big quarterback and it's a bust. But obviously, I'm thinking about if we take a, a pick that winds up being a bust. I just think Williams, best player, and at three. I, I would grab him. I would. I really would. Raiders are a wild card here because I don't know that anybody knows what the heck John Gruden's doing, right, or wants to do, or what is you know what, what are their biggest needs. They have needs. Um, so what do the Raiders do it for? Well, They're an interesting case to me. I think there's a potential trade down for Oakland. Like if, let's say the Giants love Dwayne Haskins, they absolutely want him. I've been convinced of this. I'm no longer as convinced. That if, the, that if a team wants Haskins, they have to get above six. Um, really? Yeah. but Why? Because, I, because I've seen it too many times where NFL teams are desperate for quarterbacks. Whether or not they think it's the right guy, hey, we got to go get a quarterback. The good news for the Giants is there aren't a ton of teams in here that need quarterbacks. You're thinking somebody of trade-off. Well, how about Denver? Denver at 10 needs a quarterback. Okay. You know, Detroit has theirs, Jacksonville has theirs, Buffalo has theirs, Tampa. Jameis Winston, how, how long are you riding that train? I think they're going to ride it for a little bit longer. Yeah, at least one So more. I wouldn't be concerned about, I wouldn't be, if you, want, if you want Haskins, I wouldn't be concerned about him going right before you if you're the Giants. Right, I'm saying but four is a spot. Yeah, Four is a spot. I think if, I think this is going to go, if it goes Williams or Allen, I think the uh-huh. other is going to uh-huh. go there. Okay. Okay. So I think the Giants will be okay if they want him. Mm-hmm. Do you think they want him? Because Gettleman is making it sound like... I saw a mock draft this morning okay. that has the Giants taking Devin White, the linebacker from West Virginia. Because, and, and Haskins isn't even off the board yet, but that Haskins fell all the way to 10. I, I think that's there's no way Haskins will fall all the way to 10. See, I would think White would go fifth. That's where everybody kind of has him pegged right now, which would put the Giants in an interesting spot. What do you do there? But look, if you don't love the quarterback, you don't take him. I think a lot of Giants fans don't love Eli Manning. Well, yeah, I know that. But I feel like they're going to roll with him, don't you? Uh, you got a comment on the Giants well, pick? Well, it's definitely going to be Eli for what, at least one more year. Right. Yeah. So, Well, go ahead. We'll get We've to got Eli a question on the Giants pick here. Cat yeah. Monters, Giants pick's really interesting. If not a quarterback, what position do you go for? O-line isn't stacked this year like in years past. I think the Giants would have to go defense. I would go defense as well. Now, look, if you want to go O-line, you know, Jonah Williams from, um, from Oklahoma is the guy. Okay. Right. But... I, I think that's probably a little too early to take him. The Giants were 30th in defense last year. And, and they've gotten worse, believe it or not. 
because the, the guy who led them in sacks, Olivier Vernon, gone. is gone. gone. Um, Landon Collins, who has led gone. them in tackles for the last four years, he's a four-time Pro Bowler, is right. gone. See, those two guys, you're the 30th defense, you lose those two. They, they traded they Damon worse. Harrison during the season. Right. Um, doesn't they, matter who's throwing the football. They they're the are worse. Defense in the league. Yes, they are worse than even last year, believe it or not. And they have no pass rusher. So if they don't go quarterback here, absolutely find the best pass rusher available. I think Giants fans are going to be upset if they if Haskins is available and they don't take him. Yeah, because they'll feel like, what, what are we doing? How, how how much longer are we kicking the can down the road? Yeah, and the problem is though. It, an issue with the draft is it's it's a lot of what you don't know. Like we don't know that next year's draft class won't just be stacked with quarterbacks. And well, they're going to look back and say, "Well, we took our guy. We took a guy." Well, last but we year. do because we know next year you're going to have Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama coming out, and you know you're going to have Justin Herbert, who the Giants apparently have said to love coming okay, out of Oregon. Right, but you don't know where you're going to fall. No, you don't. So it would need to be. A, a, you'd have to look at it and say, oh, they're going to be six or seven guys who we might like before you want to start taking them. And, and like, yeah. So it's a tough spot because, for me, you know, if you don't love Haskins... I'm with you. Go ahead. Do you take him no. at no. six when you know you are going to go with Eli anyway this year and probably not win... I mean, where are the, how many games are the Giants going to win next year? Four or five, I think. Okay. So... If you think Which you're means you're going to be a top five pick again next yeah, year. And, and if you think you're going to be in this mix, and, and there might be some more guys you like or some more options, or, or let's say there's a guy you, you definitely want and you, you're worried about and then you worry about trading up. Uh-huh. You know, if uh-huh. you really think maybe next year's the year to go get a quarterback, then I'd wait till next year. Well, and this, but this is also why I'm, I'm firmly on the Giants trade for Josh Rosenboat. That's your best option if you're the Giants. Trade for Rosen. Then you've got the guy to sit behind Eli for a year, and I'm going to have 6 and 17 in the first round to make my defense and potentially offensive line better. That's what I'm doing. What if the Cardinals said, give us 17? No, I'm not doing that. No chance. No, I'm not doing that. Nope. Nope. And, and they'll buckle to, to a second-round pick being the best in the package. I don't think anybody's giving them a first-round pick. So if you're the Giants, I don't think you have to be concerned that somebody's going to outbid you if you don't give up the 17th. Any chance pick. Cardinals keep them both. But what if... No. Can't no. But, okay, Giants fans, I'll ask you this. If I told you, hey, you traded Odell Beckham Jr., and in return you got your quarterback for the next 10 years, you happy with that? Because that's what the 17th pick is, essentially, from Cleveland. Yeah, of course you'd be happy with that. But is that, is that what Rosen's going to be? Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Uh, Look, the thing is with the Giants, you really want to every team wants to win as soon as possible, but we talk about this with Barkley. You know, yeah. the shelf life yeah. for running backs uh-huh. is often a lot smaller than other big key star positions, and you want to get the most out of your time with him in his prime. So I do think it's important that the Giants find a guy who they think can be their quarterback of the of the very near future very quickly. Right. But at the same time, if it's if it's not Haskins, and I and I think feel like a lot of Giants fans feel like he's the only one that they would be willing to to deal with, right? If it's not him, I think you I think you wait one more year. Oh boy. <laughs> How about the Bills at nine? Um 
Buffalo's got their quarterback. They took Josh Allen in the first round last year. Yep. They took a step back big time last year from being a playoff team to not even close. But that's the progression of a quarterback, and I think Allen will get better. I like Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. How do you make this Buffalo team better? It's tough because you know I see them in the division with the Jets. I feel like they have several needs. Yeah, you know what I mean? no question. They, they, have, yeah. they have needs across the board. They haven't had a big-time, big-play wide receiver in how long? They continue to search for it. Okay. And they're not able to find it. They took a shot at Kelvin Benjamin. Makes sense. It was a, it was a low risk, hoping for a high reward. It didn't come. Everybody's freaking out about DK Metcalf, the Ole Miss wide receiver, who's just a physical freak. And some, some mock drafts had him going top 10 now. I'm see like back into the 20s to Indianapolis. So I don't, th- I don't think the Bills are going there. Th- they might just do something that is not sexy and try to get somebody along the defensive line, right? Kyle Williams retires. Can you fill yeah. the D-tackle position with him gone? Or can you get an offensive lineman that's really good to help your quarterback? I, I kind of was leaning offensive line. Um you know, see who the best would be. Who would the best be available down there then at nine? Well, I mean, I would. I'm. I'm going to assume none are off the board at this point. Even. I don't see Jacksonville or Jackson? Detroit going. I don't know that I they would maybe go a J- line. The Jags. They could. I think. I think seven through nine won't be very sexy. Jawan Taylor, Florida. Yep. Yep. Maybe him to Jacksonville. Okay. Maybe. Okay. But if not, maybe that's where Buffalo goes. It's possible. Yep. Ten rounding out the top ten to Denver. This is where I've seen mock drafts have Dwayne Haskins. Uh, again, I don't, just do not believe he's going to fall that far. So then does John Elway get desperate? Elway likes QB. Does he feel like I've got to take a guy and it does it become Drew Locke from Missouri, who would probably be the next quarterback off the board if Murray and Haskins are gone? I don't love him. Locke would be the next guy. Do you like him? I like him okay, not top ten. That's what I mean. Yeah. Second round, I'd take him. But this is, this is my point, is that teams get desperate for quarterbacks. They feel like we've got to go get a guy now. Denver's done enough in the offseason to kind of bridge the gap. Like you were saying with the Giants, wait till next year. If you don't love anybody this year, wait till next year and take him. That's what I would do if I'm Denver. Let me make my team a little bit better with a 10th overall pick, then a quarterback who might sit for a year would be my plan. Is this on that. their only first-rounder? I believe that's Denver's only first-round pick. Yeah. So they're – but you think maybe they try to get in the Rosen mix, too, at some point. Yeah, or if you really like Haskins, I think they have to go up and get him. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be there at 10. And you think the Raiders might be willing to go 4 to 10? I think the Raiders might be willing to do anything. Okay. I mean, really. I think the Raiders are the, are, the, are the true wild card out of these 10 teams. I feel like there are more unknowns this year than in years past in terms of well, last year, top 10. Well, last year we had the information. We, 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 knew, Mer- we knew Mayfield was going to go one to Cleveland. Right. And then the Giants were like, well, we're going to take Saquon Barkley. Yeah. So then the Jets were like, all right, we like Sam Darn. We're going to take it. It, it. Everything kind of dominoed right. before you even got there. Let's just play... For a second, the Cardinals don't take Murray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. W- what happens? Where does he Where does he end up falling to? That th- honestly, Sean, this might be the perfect scenario for Murray because Arizona might be the only team that absolutely loves him. 
Right. He's going one. Although but Gruden is said to really like him too. Yeah, he would four I think would be the next place where he would if he doesn't go there, I think Or does Oakland have to go to two to get him? Now, why, you know, why would they? You know San Francisco isn't going to pick him. Well, yeah. you do that because you're worried that somebody behind you is going to move up. Trade up ahead of you. To yeah, that's always, the, that's always the gamble is in those 10 minutes on the clock, is somebody going to jump us? If you're the Giants and that happens, would you try to jump to two? No, I don't think they like Murray. They don't like him. No. I don't think so. Uh, who knows? Interesting. Who knows? Dave Gettleman, the GM, has said, it's not my job to tell the media what my plan is here. So I don't know. That's fair. What, what he said, what do you believe, don't believe, I have no idea. That it has been Gettleman's like... message. Like, hey, I, I'm not telling you what's going on here. So we shouldn't believe anything he says afterwards. Okay, but they were, the Giants were very upfront about Barkley. Very. As you said. Yeah. So there's no reason to well, not but, believe. But there are six now, not two. They knew no one was going to get in front of them to take Saquon Barkley. That's the that's the. So you think the we just want the best guy available, like that kind of talk, could be some smoke and mirrors. Sure, okay. of course. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, that's tomorrow night, and I'm looking yeah. forward to the draft. I get fired up for it. Uh, let's do a little zero fifty or a hundred here. Let's do it. All right. Uh, we've got Rob in now with Ash. So this is a, a two person operation behind the camera. Love. Which makes us big, I think. It makes us big. Um, yeah. No, no. All right. We'll do zero fifty or 100 here, which we do every week. And if you haven't seen it before, quick rundown. Rob will throw out a statement. Sean and I have to react to it by saying we either agree completely 100, halfway 50. I don't know that we've thrown out a lot of 50s lately. Mm-hmm. Week, week no. one I did. Or completely against it with a big fat zero. All right, Rob. Go for it, buddy. <laughs> So fresh off the Damien Lillard show last night, zero fifty or 100, Damien Lillard is the first guy you want taking a last shot in the NBA. That's a good question. The last shot, we're talking a buzzer beater scenario here. Can I bring Kobe back, um, like, just no. for one shot? No, you can't. All right. Because he's not active. Okay. Dwayne Wade's not active anymore. Either. Okay. This is tough. You know, you tried to go through the guys. Boy. Boy. <sighs> go ahead, Sean. You're in first. What do you got? Okay, man? I went zero. Yeah. Um, a part of me wanted to go 50 because I feel like there's not a clear number one. So that being the case, yeah, Lillard's in the mix of several guys who you'd be okay with taking the last shot. Guys who jumped to mind for me immediately were like Kyrie and Jimmy Butler. Okay. Which I know are kind of... I just feel like Butler in particular is a guy who I trust with the ball mm-hmm. in that buzzer beater mm-hmm. scenario. Maybe it's because I've seen him beat the Nets that way too. But um, he's a guy who I think will try to take maybe a little bit better of a shot than like the one we saw last <laughs> night, even though the one that I'm talking about where he happened to beat the Nets was a shot like that. But um, I'm going zero. Yeah, I'm on zero too. Um, and again, I don't have a great, but there to me there are too many options. There isn't like one dominant option. Like, by the way, you didn't mention Kevin Durant's name. Okay, he's the best, potentially the best player on the planet right now. Yeah. Kevin Durant, how about James Harden? 
Right? I mean, Harden's going to find a way to get points. Yeah, but we're at talking the end like a game. very specific scenario. Final shot of the game. I need a bucket. Yeah, I feel like Harden. I feel like Harden is going to be inclined to take a bad shot at the end of the game. I don't trust him to take a good shot. Okay. You trust Lillard more after yeah. what you saw last Despite night? Despite last night, yeah, I do. Okay. I trust him more than Harden. We both probably should have gone 50 there. We went zero. <laughs> All right, Rob, next one, man, zero fifty. Did we miss anybody? Tell well, I was just going to yes. say, like, Kevin Durant, two years in a row, he hits that, like, game-winning shot in the finals yeah. against LeBron. How do you not go with Kevin Durant? What'd I say? I'm he, agreeing with you. All right. Because yeah, there are so many comment. options there. Don't you feel like they, like he might not even take the shot on his team because they might go to Curry or they might go to Thompson? Uh, he's taking that shot. Okay. Yeah, Cat yeah. says Curry or Kyrie. Curry Kyrie's or Kyrie? Okay. Kyrie, you brought up. I did. None of us said LeBron. Steph. As None much, of us said LeBron. None of us said LeBron either. LeBron, you would have never picked at any point in his career, though, to probably take the last shot just because we didn't see it enough. Yeah. But Curry's a – look, I love Steph Curry. I'll preface that with this. I'm probably not 100% confident calling on him for the last shot. Yeah, my other thing with Durant is that he, he might not be the guy called on on his team, whereas a lot of these other guys have to be called on. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Okay. All right. Okay, so next up, I imagine you're saying this based on the NHL. You've got all these Game 7s and the NBA. You're getting yeah. four and five game series. Not very exciting. In this first round, 0-50 or 100, the NHL has the best postseason. Okay. Go ahead, man. Playoff hockey. I'm 100 on this one. Wow. I am 100 because... Now, you are not a hockey fan, per se. I'm not a... You don't have a... You don't have a team. No, when I was a kid, I was a big Devils fan. Yeah. Um, I'm not a kid anymore. I don't follow it regularly. Uh, it's Here's why it's the most exciting to me. You get so many close games. Mm-hmm. All right, You get more close games than you're going to get in basketball. You have very much so, as we've seen this year, the opportunity to have lower seeds beat higher seeds. Yep. Right? A team like Tampa Bay, they were the golden state of the NHL this year. Yep. No way they can go out in the first round. They get swept in the first round. Right? You have the ability to ride a hot goalie a long way in playoff hockey. Yep. It's like all you have to do is get there. Basketball, you know, it's really two different seasons. You have the we just want to get there. Like a team like the Nets this year, for instance, in a position where we just got to get to the playoffs. But you know when you get there, that's a different level. Hockey, you get there, you got a shot. Baseball, you have a shot. Okay, anybody can win. You can you can get some good pitching, but I don't love the one wild card game. I don't like three out of five. Hockey, you get the real yep. the, all the best out of seven series. Yep. And what's better than overtime in playoff hockey? Nothing. When literally just the next goal wins, and there's not even like. There's not even, like, in, in overtime in basketball, a team can start it on, like, a 7 or 8-0 run, and then you know the last two minutes of overtime probably don't matter much. That entire period is just you're either going to win or you're going to lose on a moment's notice. Every shot has Doc Emmerich, like, his heart oh, jumping out of his chest. Every and, pass and, and, in, in <laughs> overtime. <laughs> and therefore, it's like you almost have, you have many heart attacks for 20 minutes. During any, it, this it's a hundred. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you all the way, um, and I am a hockey fan. But this is 
undoubtedly, and I think Rob disagrees with us, a hundred. Well, now we've got to bring up football. Okay. Now I love fo- I love fo- football better than hockey, and I look sure. more forward to watching football playoffs than hockey playoffs because I'm more invested in it. Okay. But it's one and done. Yep. Which some people would argue that that's what makes it better because you can, you know, any team can beat anybody, right, any given mm-hmm. Sunday or Saturday in the playoffs. Um, but because it's one and done, you don't have the grueling, bruising playoff series. And generally speaking, too, you know what? Like the best team is probably going to come out in a seven-game series, even if it is that underdog team that can, like, upset a number one seed if you're going to play the best over a seven-game series, then you probably deserve to win. And with everything you just said, I'll echo pretty much all of it, but I'll, I'll add that it is the best environment. The crowds in Vegas. I mean, oh. uh, look, is anybody going home watching San Jose and Vegas at one in the morning? No. But but we are during the playoffs, and, right. and I think a lot of fans would say, I'm not going to watch Blazers Thunder late night, but I'll throw on this hockey game for all the reasons you just brought up because one goal could change everything, and you kind of know that going in. There's, there's just seems to be more drama attached, and I think the crowds are just better. The home ice atmospheres, no matter what barn arena you are in, right. the, uh, like here's the regular season, and as the players raise their game, the fans raise the level that, that they bring as well. I, it, and let's not forget, it's hockey let's for not forget, Coolest trophy, by far. Easily. By far. Yeah, easily. Cool. Although I do like the World Series trophy. But the, the Stanley Cup is very cool. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, are we excluding March Madness? Because it's not a professional league playoff. It's a good I think question. a lot of people would say, no, nothing beats the tournament. Judges, what do we think? Are, you, are we including I the I think incident? we're only doing pro sports okay. for this one. Yeah. I think if you have madness in the title, you can't really be included in the best postseason <laughs> discussion. Right. Yeah, fair enough. They've already titled it as yeah. the best with madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We're out. We're in on the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right. Yeah, the one thing I'll say, I kind of agree with you guys. Like in the NBA, we know the Warriors are going to win the championship. So how can we argue for that being the best postseason? The yeah. NHL, you really have no idea. And of course, with Tampa Bay, right, yep. the number one overall seed, lost in the first round, got swept. So yep. I went home last night. Yeah. After work, eleven thirty. You watched the Sharks. Turned on the third period of yeah. Sharks yeah, Vegas, of even though Portland was playing. Sure. See. And I care more about the NBA playoffs, right. and uh, I'm more invested in that. But there's more that. excitement in the hockey game. Game seven, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. right. Okay, Rob, 0, 50, or 100, man. Uh, we have reached the point in the history of Honorado and Bagdori where we talk about Jeopardy on the show, so give yourself a round of applause. Take yeah. too long. Okay. Uh, James Hosehowers, I hope I'm saying his name right, yep. 14 win streak is already more impressive than Ken Jennings, 74 straight wins on Jeopardy, 0, 50, or 100. Are we having what's some happening? sort of... Yeah, yeah, what is happening in the show right There now. may be an earthquake. A little bit of an earthquake. I hope that picked up on the mic, but... All right, here we go. What was that? I was worried uh, about... It, was there, it felt like the ceiling might cave in. in. Yeah. Uh, the, the current Jeopardy champion has run is more impressive than Jennings' 74-game winning streak. Okay. I'll go first. Go ahead. Zero. Oh, come on. Zero. You want to know Why? I haven't paid attention to this thing at all. Not once. Oh, so you're not qualified to make a decision. No, I am because I watched Jennings. Jennings brought me to the TV every night to see if he was going to win a championship. 14, 14, 
Jennings won 60 more games of Jeopardy than this guy. I know the money. You're gonna throw money at me. I'm not worried about the money. No, I'm not. The the money has no bearing in any of this whatsoever. Oh, it does. The fact that he won 74 straight, 60. So let me just do this. I put zero. I put a six next to it. He won 60 more games of Jeopardy. Right of the smartest people on the planet. So far, he has. Well, yeah. You, you're, okay. You're criticizing this guy it, for wins he hasn't had the chance to You're telling me it's already more impressive. That was the statement, that it's already more impressive. Right. It's, a, it's a big, okay. big fat zero. It's, it is a zero with another zero <laughs> and a one. Okay, and he, here's why. This guy is not just winning games. Okay, He is destroying oh, the so competition. Oh, so now it's become the BCS of Jeopardy. This guy, well, listen. This guy has won over a million dollars in 14 shows. Right. It took Jennings 33 shows to get a million. This guy is on pace for his 33rd show to be the one where he passes Jennings' money total for 74 shows. So he is not just winning. He is going for it all. He's, he's doubling up on almost all daily doubles. He is crushing his opponents. Who is this guy? He's a genius. And he's quick on the buzzer, man. He's... Because you see, like, you'll see other people. And that is, that is if you don't know really kind of behind the scenes of Jeopardy, if you buzz early, they take you, you have to wait. It, like, goes dark on you, and then you can jump back in, but probably after everybody else has had a chance to buzz in. So the timing so is. Yeah. Well, and you'll see other people, too, when it, like, you know how when they buzz, it cuts to, like, the three shot of yeah. all of them, and then their their panel lights up. You'll see other people like going like this, but it's yeah. it's he's buzzed in, and yeah. you know, Alex Trebek is calling his name. Um, so he's really quick on the buzzer, and because of how he's winning, I feel like he is going to win for a very long time because nobody is even close. And you said the money's did not Jennings, impressive. Did Jennings he, lose, or did they say okay enough? Enough. Yeah. Okay. Now the thing with this is this guy has won fourteen shows. He has the top seven most winning shows, money-wise, in the history of Jeopardy. He had a perfect show, right? Didn't he have a perfect yeah. show? He's has the, he has the not just the best show ever, not yeah. the top two shows ever. He has the top seven shows of all time. Half of his shows, he's set the record for Jeopardy. Yeah. And then broken his own record. All right. That's not more impressive than a guy who, who just keeps it going for a long time? No. Come on. You're crazy. Would you be more impressed by a baseball player who had 14 straight games of going five for five, or Joe DiMaggio getting a hit in every game that were, that went 56 straight? Let me ask you this. Would, no, I'm asking you a question. No, no, no. Answer it. Here's a better hypothetical. Here's okay. a better a pitcher who wins 74 games in a row, or a pitcher who throws 14 no hitters in a row, because that's what this is. He is no hitting his competition. Is that comparable, judges? Better it's than pretty yours. Pretty fair argument. It's better yeah. than yours. No, no, no. Okay, but I'm just saying. I mean, is, is, are these, is this equivalent to a no hitter? What he's doing on a nightly basis? He's that crushing. feels like a little bit of a stretch. He is. He's crushing, crushing his. This would be if he had the seven best pitch games of all time. So he has seven perfect games and then seven other no hitters in a row. Like a perfect game means no one else gets an answer correct. Yeah, no, I he get answered. it. Every question and answered it correctly. For for one. For a full game, though. Okay, but he has the top seven all time, winning his shows by himself. That's impressive. 
It's just not as impressive. And also, he's uh, he's he's gonna keep going. And I know we can only take what we have. Well, right. so the question was what we have so far. Are which we is talking about? Fine. Is it Jason Holzhauer? What's his name? James James Holzhauer. James Holzhauer. Are we talking about James Holzhauer in two months? Yeah. Well, okay. I don't know whenever the season runs out. Yeah. Because they've taped all the, right. the the shows, whatever. Right. But. And I don't know what the plan is. Like they bring him back the next season. What's crazy too is I went so forever ago. I was in California. Went to a taping of Jeopardy, mm-hmm. and they do like three games in that one yeah. taping. Right. They just shuffle people in and yeah. out. If somebody yeah. wins, they just stay there. Right. So he he gets on a roll, and he just he, he like I don't see how anybody can be smart enough. And quick enough on the buzzer yeah. to, to, get to get more money guy. than this guy. The only chance is he hurts himself, maybe, because he does go for it. Okay. He goes for it a lot. So the only way he could really you hurt wait himself him is, like, in the second round of the show, he goes too big on the second daily double and then puts himself in a position where he can lose in Final Jeopardy. Because right now, he's not even in position to lose in Final Jeopardy because he has so much more than anybody else that you can't beat him in that last segment. Unless he just bet everything and was wrong. Yeah, but he's not doing that. Right. He's only going to bet enough to make sure that even if he gets it wrong, he still survives to, to play the next day. So you have to hope he loses it all somehow in double jeopardy, and then you, you get lucky in final. But the odds of that happening, well, okay. I just don't see it. Which will happen first? He will lose, or jeopardy will decide we need to get somebody else in here? Like, he's won 100 of these things in a row. It's no longer driving ratings the way it was when he was, you know. You can't he, kick him. Well, it's going to drive ratings for a long time. I mean, the rate, and plus, like, who knows how long Trebek's going to be hosting this yeah. thing. Like, this yeah. is yeah, this is incredible for the show at this time. Uh, they, there's no way they kick him off. They can make him the next host if he keeps going at this rate. Boy, and unfortunately, they'll... Be looking for a host sooner than they should. Well, um, you never know. Hey, can I do a? This is a segment that we have um, built into the show for when we go bigger. Okay, <laughs> believe it or not, that's that's in the plan. That's the plan. Right. Okay. Well, that's in my plan anyway. Like bigger TV, you mean bigger bigger audience? TV? Well, yeah, and maybe even here to bother you on a more regular basis. Ooh, okay. It's called story time, and. We, Sean and I want to share just some of the stupid stuff that happens to us uh, that we do or that we come across. And so I'm just calling it story time. I want to tell you a story of something that happened to me that I thought was kind of funny. Should I, like, curl up here, uh, popcorn, a blanket? You know what we need is the uh, Yule Log. Yeah, <laughs> this is close <laughs> enough. So Easter Sunday, um, I'm working Easter Sunday at News Channel 13. Uh, but I'm already in a suit and tie from going to church that morning. But this is, I don't know what time of day now. It's, it's after dinner time anyway. And I stopped at a convenience store to get something to drink. was really thirsty. Now, you don't do hot beverages. Not at all. Which is absurd. No. Nope. You know this? He doesn't do any coffee. No coffee. No, no tea. No soup. No soup. I'm actually the wrong guy to ask because I actually don't drink coffee either. So yeah. me and Chris kind of have that connection. Yeah. Sorry, man. No, no hot yeah. beverages. They just make me more thirsty. No hot chocolate. I will, but hot but, chocolate. So you got to go. Yeah, that, but though. but What's then I'm going to reach for a water or something immediately after. You must save it. It makes me thirsty. Money. I don't buy coffee. Yeah. Yeah. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at the convenience store and I get a Gatorade, right? Mm-hmm. So very quenching. Yes, I. You know what? I'm thirsty. Mm-hmm. Gatorade's good for that. The guy at the register says, um, first of all, he says to me, "Is this your Sunday? Is this your Easter outfit?" So I said, "Well, yeah, but I'm also working. I mean, yes, I wore this to church this morning, but I'm working, so I need to wear a suit anyway." Mm-hmm. And then he says to me. Gatorade, huh? Isn't that for like athletes? <laughs> and I thought, wow. I thought, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not. How old's this guy? Um, older than me, even. Believe it or not. In shape? No. No. Well, he was asking me, Gatorade. Isn't that for athletes? And I'm thinking to myself, I have to get badgered, but when I want to buy something from you. So you took it as a dig of you're not in shape. No, I took it as like, a, you're not, he meant it more in like, isn't that for working out? And here you are dressed in a full suit. Why are you drinking Gatorade? Do, you don't, what is the need for electrolytes and all these vitamins that come in Gatorade? Uh-huh. Like you're, you're, it's Easter, you're dressed up in a suit, dude. Well, you're buying Gatorade for what? It's not like you just went through some kind of workout. And how did you respond to him? I said, yeah. Here's my debit card, run it, and let me get out of here. Okay. That was your story time? That was my story time. Okay. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, did, did you see this? Well, yeah. So one more question on this. All right. Do you think that he was trying to offend you? No, I don't. I don't. Then it's not a good story. <laughs> well, I think he was trying to make the point, like, you're dressed in a suit buying Gatorade. Is there a need for it? All right, I don't know that the purpose was to offend me. If the purpose was to offend me, I wouldn't have bought the Gatorade. It was an me. awkward moment. Yeah. Can I tell you about an awkward moment I had at a convenience store? Since <laughs> we're on story time. Sure. I've told you the story before anyway, but I'll say it again. So I was working at a convenience store. This is store not Gatorade, by the way. When I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the way, Gatorade, not a sponsor. You've said the word like 100 times. <laughs> uh, so I was working at a convenience store when I was in high school. And I was like stocking of cigarettes or something where you have your back turned. Sure. And... A person comes up and says something, okay, um, you know, in like a deeper voice. Mm-hmm. So I turn around and, and start to address them, um, and I say, before I even like really take full notice, I say, is that all today, sir? She puts the item sure. down on the counter and says, uh, actually, it's ma'am, not sir. And I said, oh, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't tell. Now, physically, could you tell? You could. Okay. But could have gone either way. Could, yeah. Okay. But I said, I quickly was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I couldn't tell because of the hat you're wearing. I couldn't Right. Of course, I had my there. back turned. And, yeah. yeah. And she says, or maybe it was just my raspy voice. Okay. <laughs> and I said, no, no, <laughs> you know, and scanned her <laughs> item, and that was it. So that was my very awkward moment yeah. in the convenience store that stuck with me, obviously, for all these years. Clearly. And uh, you got to be careful. Yeah. You got to be careful. I think you just do away with sir and ma'am completely. Nobody wants to really be called sir because then they feel old. And I think ma'am, same thing. I want, I want to be called sir. You do? Yeah. Because you know why? When you go through, well, you don't know. You don't go through drive throughs to get coffee. But just in, in general, when you're in public, I get addressed now in ways that I don't like. Like what? Like bro. I've gotten bro, uh, dude. This is what you're getting coffee? Yeah, just like in general. Yeah, like so you're getting a drive through, like yeah. 
Like, here you go, bro. Interesting. What is that? Why can't we just say, here you go? Sir would be nice in that case. Okay. You know? Yeah. Man. You prefer to be made feeling older than younger. Yeah. Man is okay. He can get away with, like, a brother here and there. Like, here you go, brother. Yeah. But some of these other ones are very offensive. We send you with the camera through a drive-thru one day. (laughs) Okay. All right. See what happens. All right. Uh, did you see? Did you see this? We do at the end of every show. Did you, I, I saw this so much and paid attention to it so closely that I had to stop the TV, rewind it, pause the DVR, yeah. and take a picture of it. This was late night. I forget what okay. day this was. This is game three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is that right? Game three. They're in. Oh yeah, yeah. They're in Utah. This is game three. Uh, Houston has won the first two games of the series to this point, and James Harden has been really good. So this is late game situation of game three. The Rockets are about to go. It's a tight game, actually. The Rockets are about to go up 3-0, though. Okay. This is Ricky Rubio playing defense on the game's best scorer currently, James Harden. And he's left-handed. This is a conscious effort. They did this on multiple possessions late in the game. Played defense behind him. They said, I'm going to move not only just to your side, to your dominant side left-handed. I'm going to play defense. This isn't like Harden is now driving past him. I'm telling you, they're stagnant. The feet are not moving at this point. Rubio has positioned himself behind Harden on defense because somewhere somebody thought, we have a better chance of stopping James Harden if you play behind him. Someone explain this to me. And, and, and by the way, Harden took this possession in particular into the lane, didn't make the shot, but he got fouled. Uh, I can't really explain it. Um, the only thing that... Rubio closed out on him slowly. Harden didn't take the shot. Hasn't even dribbled yet, okay? Still has the pivot, but hasn't even dribbled. Rubio then shuffled around. And moved behind James Harden. So he has the ball here? He has the ball. Yeah. Doesn't really make sense. I guess to some degree it takes away a three? That's that's the idea. Is that Harden won't shoot the three now because Rubio probably has a decent shot to try to block him. Another argument you can make is if the shot goes up, you, you may not have, I mean, it would be on this guy, I guess, at this point to get back. You, you, you could maybe break Rubio if a shot goes up and he misses it. Come on. But I don't love this. I mean, this is the obvious. Right, and that's exactly what <laughs> he did. Especially if he has the ball because now at the very least you're going to force guys to close in and yep. have a kick out, whatever. Yep. Um, it doesn't make much sense. This was strategy. Strategy. I saw it on three straight possessions. And did they? How many of those possessions did they score? You said they didn't score on this one. Well, they did because he went to the free throw and made two free oh, throws. He didn't get the field goal, but he made he right. Made free, okay. Yep. Um, I, they may have scored on all three of so them. So to be work. honest with you, so it didn't work. No, it didn't work. And and Houston won the game. Okay. What'd you see? Oh, I, I have a. Did you see this that I am going to pull up? I okay. Show you. It's a video. All right. It's okay to show. It's not a. Uh, Okay. This is a cell phone video. You're going to love this one. Oh, can't wait to see this. Yeah. Have I, is this something I've seen before or only this you is, saw this? This happened in Florida. We had it on the news, so people probably have seen it. Okay. Uh, Did you see the dog in Oregon that got uh, 200... porcupine quills shot in his face? Did you see that? I did see that. Oh, I mean, 
Oh, wait, look Awful at this. Awful Let's idea. turn the sound up. Did you see this? I did see this. This is in Orlando. Yep. This is... Uh, Yep. This is a guy in an Easter Bunny suit. Well, okay, but set it up because there's okay. a guy fighting with a woman. Right, so this is outside of a bar in Orlando. This guy and woman are going at it. It looked like the guy was already losing, but this guy came to the defense of the man, of the woman, rather, who yeah. was in this fight. I mean, he jumped in and just... I mean, <laughs> I mean look at this. How ridiculous is that face? <laughs> okay. Who's in the bunny? Did we, did, yeah, so did we find out who's in we there? We did. So we did a follow-up yesterday on it. The uh, so this cop stepped in and broke it up, and then the bunny does like shadow boxing, like he was really fired up about it. Um, so we actually did a follow up on it yesterday. We had this two nights ago, and okay. yesterday the guy who was in the bunny costume spoke out about it. Okay. Um, it turns out this guy actually has his own like criminal record of like car burglaries and some other stuff. The, the Easter Bunny, the Bunny Man. Yeah. So he may okay. not be he may not be a, a stand up dude, despite the fact that this was a stand up thing to do. You yeah. know, when you see yeah, a, a sure guy was. roughing up a woman or whatever, then yeah, yeah you jump in. Um, so boy, that's beautiful. Yeah. How I, great was that? And, and you said, did I? See, I did see it. I did see it. You that did was see a, that it. was a good. Did you see this? Yeah. So Easter Bunny brawl. Um, I mean, look, don't mess with the Easter Bunny. This was this was Easter Sunday night, That's, which I suppose isn't surprising, no. right? Did we find out why he was dressed like? Any, I mean, I get that it was Easter, but yeah, it was he was bar hopping and he was drunk as and, yeah. That's pretty incredible. I yeah. love it. Cool, very good. That's your good first stuff. good. Did you see this? Thank you. Yeah, most of the time you're like, I, I didn't see it, but I heard about something. Yeah. I have not seen Game of Thrones yet. I know it's Jesus. Wednesday from Sunday night. I, I will eventually. Oh, you haven't seen the new no, one? No, I See, will I am eventually get to it. I will eventually get to it. It won't be tonight and it won't be tomorrow, but I, I'll get to it on Friday. Uh, all right, turn the thing off. By the time I get done making this, this back down. to full screen, that's we're it. shutting it down we're done. for the day. That's it. Party's man. over. That's all I've got. Uh, we're back next Wednesday, every Wednesday, 12 15, right here on the 1045 The Team Facebook page. Like it, share it, comment throughout the week. We'll react. Even though the show isn't live, we're constantly checking up on it. So if you comment, we'll respond for And we'll sure. start doing some uh, shorter videos in between shows. Yeah, like Sean going through the drive-thru. Yeah. So look for some of that stuff. Yeah. Because uh, we got... You know, we don't, we don't want to save everything for a whole week. Some stuff you just want to jump right in and talk about right away. And we're on Twitter, at Chris Sonorato, at Sean Bagnardi. Simple. Simple. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We'll see you next week.